The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest joining me in the Singapore studio is Jim Levis, Public uh, Fixed Income CIO at M&G Investments. So, Jim, a lot to digest in terms of what we heard from Jay Powell and certainly some commentary out there saying, don't think that this hawk has suddenly become a dove. But when we look at what's flashing in in the bond market, what sort of a, a downturn are you expecting? Well, the um, at the Brookings Institute last night, it was obviously something that pleased bond markets a lot, despite remaining quite hawkish in many areas. So I think that things that people looked for were talk about the core goods prices coming down, looking forward to next year and seeing rents and other service sector measures of inflation coming down. And that allowed them to look through what I thought were some fairly hawkish messages from the speech as well, talking about history warning against preemptively loosening monetary policy Mm. and saying that rates are going to be restricted for some time. So it was a mixed bag, but bond markets really like the the kind of forward-looking view. Yeah, but it's exactly the opposite, I think, of what the Fed would like to see. You have a loosening, a dramatic loosening in financial conditions with higher stocks, lower yields, and a much weaker dollar. Let's tease out the dollar weakness. What does that do to your thinking when, when you look at fixed income across the APAC region? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be good news for um, currencies um, across the region, really, and for growth across the region. The strong dollar that we've seen, that's been a massive secular trend for a couple of years now, appears to be uh, drawing to a close. And that's because expectations of the interest rate differentials between uh, this region and the US uh, are likely to not be diverging in the way that they had done. And so I think we'll see uh, currencies in uh, APAC start to appreciate against the US dollar. And uh, namingly, maybe the yen, you're talking there about policy divergence. You can't get much further from the, the Bank of Japan and, and the Fed. Yeah, exactly. That's been the big, uh, the big underperformance in currency terms. The yen's been pretty much the worst performer against the US dollar over that period of dollar strength. It's left itself fundamentally extremely cheap. So if you look at many measures of uh, currency valuation, whether it's your Big Mac index or real effective exchange rates, uh, the yen is probably around 20% cheap to the US dollar. So suddenly, if you get these expectations that rate differentials are are not going to widen any further, and the Fed might even be cutting by the end of 2023, that's really why we've seen such a strong reaction from the yen over the past month or so. And so the yen's probably up around 8% or something against the US dollar from those lows, and it could potentially go uh, stronger still. Very quickly, Jim, uh, 20 seconds or so, we'll uh, elaborate on, on the, the fact that we're seeing much weaker growth globally. Are you concerned about the high yield uh, space when it comes to credit markets? Um, They offer value at the moment. So spreads are still 450 or 500 in European high yield. 
Um, so, you know, you've got value there, but mm. defaults will go up in 2023 and 2024. So maybe towards the end of next year, spreads widen again. So we're talking about uh, the economic downturn we are expecting in 2023 and, and what the economy actually looks like, the global economy. Is it something that's going to be potentially on par with what we saw in 2009? I, I doubt it'll be that bad. Um, we hope it won't be that bad. But I think that in certain areas, the UK in particular, where there are strong um, links with housing markets and as rates have gone up, mortgage payments have gone up dramatically So we will see areas of Europe as well be hit by the natural gas prices. And so I think everyone would expect that next year is going to be a weak year for growth. But I don't think we have those systemic issues with housing markets that we had back in the global financial crisis. And of course, if the news that we hear today around COVID in China Mm. continues to improve, then that will be an upside surprise for global growth in 2023. But when you look at credit markets, the property market story in China has been a a definite sore spot. Are you seeing signs that the government is attacking this in a way to give the market a little bit of breathing room, some relief when it comes to property developer credit? Yeah, I think that the the government's put together a plan, you know, a a many-stage plan to help support housing market in in China, and that's going to reassure investors to some extent. Um, I don't think we see a a massive rally back in the bonds that are issued by Chinese property companies yet, but they, they are off the bottom. You're reducing your credit exposure. What kind of further defaults are you expecting potentially? So at the moment, default rates around the world are incredibly low, uh, and that's thanks to cheap money. It's thanks to the fact that corporate bond issuers borrowed for a long time. So the, the good news is there's no big wall of refinancing to come. High-yield bond issuers, credit issuers don't need to come back to the market next year or the year after and all borrow simultaneously. And that means that the default cycle this time isn't going to be as dramatic as it has been in the past. But still, we could expect a doubling of defaults uh, in the high-yield market uh, next year. So maybe a a 2% default rate in the high-yield market in 23. And maybe if the recession is bad next year, uh, a further doubling to 4% in Europe, higher than that in the US, where, where companies are maybe a bit more levered. So would you be willing to take a flyer when it comes to junk credit, or are you going to be a little bit more conservative as we go into 2023, Jim? Are you going to focus on investment grade and and sovereign debt? Yeah, we're focusing on investment grade at the moment. We have owned high yield, but the rally that we've seen over the past month or so that's taken spreads down from 600 to 450 basis points means it's time to lighten up there. And you can still get 150 basis points for investing in good quality US investment grade or or European names. And in bank bonds, you get even a bit more and uh, we think they're a good place to be. You're normally based in London. You're on tour at the moment and you're in Southeast Asia. Have you been encouraged by the growth that you're seeing in this region? Yes, I think so. I think there are, there are bright spots in, in the region. I think that um, a China recovery will obviously be extremely good news for the region uh, as well. And there are some interesting bond opportunities in in certain areas, for instance, Indonesia. So um, if you look at emerging markets in general, their bond markets uh, offer even even more value in some areas than 
for instance, high yield and investment grade. So lots of opportunities in bonds in general at the moment, thanks to the kind of pivot that we're seeing more generally in terms of people's expectations that inflation has peaked. So when it comes to Europe, because you're based in London, I want to get your view on the continent. Do you think the worst is over in terms of the negativity for for, uh, corporate credit? Um, I think the worst is over for sure. I think in terms of economic growth, the big unknown is uh, simply down to the weather. Up to now, Europe's weather has been warmer than it has been on average historically. And that's led to, to gas prices in the spot market being pretty weak. But in the recent days and weeks, you know, last couple of weeks, the weather has deteriorated and it's got cold again. And that is going to, you know, that's going to be the, the single biggest thing that leads to whether we get a severe recession because of uh, the impact on industry and households of higher gas prices. And that will determine what the ECB does next. Indeed, cost of heating very much on uh, many people's minds. Jim, we thank you so much for your time. Jim Lewis, Public Fixed Income CIO at M&G Investments with me here in Singapore, at least uh, getting a few rays of sunshine while you're here. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.